Welcome to Main Street Banking, a podcast for community bankers, brought to you by the Barrett School of Banking, located in the heart of banking, blues, and barbecue, Memphis, Tennessee. My name is Byron Earnhardt. I am the programming director here at Barrett, and it's my pleasure to welcome you to our corner of the banking world and hope that we can make your bank, your staff, and maybe even your day a better one. In today's episode, we continue our conversation with Trish Springfield, the Executive Vice President for Retail Banking at Southern First in South Carolina. This is part two of a two-part series on culture and banking, and today's episode is entitled Big Doors, Little Hinges. It sounds like Southern First has got an incredible culture. What are some of your other companies that you look at, you see out in the world, in the banking banking world or non-banking world? What are some cultures you'd like? So some... Don't no paid endorsements. Eyes. Yeah, yeah. Barrett School of Banking, yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah, there you go. <laughs> I've been a part of it a long time. And I think the culture, how cool is it just to sit in a room with you and talk about your vision and talk about where Barrett can, the Barrett Banking School can make banking and bankers more effective and right. more relevant today, I think is awesome. I agree. I mean, it's it, it's clearly, like, as we were talking earlier, I mean, it's it really is freeing to, to be in place and you know as i've said on this podcast before i'm naive enough to think that this is we can literally change the world with this but um so i agree i think barrett happens to be one of those cultures that should be emulated everywhere (laughs) i I agree and i think um i use this phrase all the time but big doors Mm -hmm. swing on small hinges Mm -hmm. and it's usually the little things that make big impacts in an experience with a client Mm -hmm. or or it takes you to the next level on a project or something that you're doing and so we talk about the little things. What really makes a difference? And uh, I'm on a board of a, a nonprofit in my area in South Carolina. We're talking about how to raise money. Mm-hmm. And a very wealthy person said to me, she said, you know what? I gave money to someone who didn't call and didn't send me a letter. They showed up at my house. And they brought me a cup of coffee and said, you know what? I haven't had time to meet you. And I just, mm-hmm. I was in the area, got a Starbucks. I thought I'd get you one too. How much want to hear your take on on the theater. It's a theater I'm a, a mm-hmm. part of. She said, I, I can't say no to that. I got Starbucks and she came to my house. Seriously? I so, do a lot for a cup of Starbucks. I would do, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I've been told not to drink coffee. But <laughs> too much energy. But the point was, it's about personal right. contact and personalization of what we do. And so uh, I think sometimes our team at least in banking, we don't know how to articulate how we're different. So people right. see banks just like blah, 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 bank of this, <laughs> blank of that, whatever. You're all the same bank. And so we we come up with our own story. Mm-hmm. So when I joined Southern First Bank, a lot of people in the community said, why them? Like, why right. are you working there? And I think culture means you can also explain why you're different. And so I said, I'm a simple great girl. Point. That is a great point. Yes. I'm sorry. I didn't mean that. That is an awesome point. That's, and, and I think we forget that. Simple. <laughs> right. And I, I'm a simple girl. And I said, you know what? I've been at this bank at that point in time. It was like four months. Mm-hmm. I said, I kind of had this aha. There's three things I would compare this bank to and why it's different than any other, any other organization. They said, okay, shoot. I said, so first of all, we are a Chick-fil-A type culture. We are values-based, we are actually faith-based, and we talk about that in our bank. Mm-hmm. Very unusual. In the Southeast, that's probably more acceptable than in most mm-hmm. uh, regions, but they're very intentional about it. We actually say a prayer in some of our meetings, which is unheard of in my right. opinion. I, I was yeah. surprised. We are faith-based, so we are like Chick-fil-A. The second thing, so people understand, in our market, we only have in Greenville, one of the fastest-growing areas of the mm-hmm. Southeast, 
as fast as it's growing, we have BMW, we have Michelin, all these huge companies. We have four locations. We have the same market share as a bank down the road that has 28. Same market share and same asset size. So what are we doing? We're not spending money on brick and mortar. Mm -hmm. We are the second thing we're like, we're like USAA. We are relentless in investing in technology. So most people don't know USAA serves yeah. the military. Mm -hmm. Can you put a branch in every part of the world? I don't think so. Mm -hmm. So we spend, USAA spends all their money on digital solutions so that they can get their money or access to their, their accounts. We do the same thing with technology. And the third one, I'm a country girl, just go for it, laugh at me now. But I said, the way we grow is like the Bojangle biscuit. You put a biscuit in the oven and then it just, or just set it out and it rises. It just expands. And so we organically grow. We don't get more biscuits to put on the on the baking sheet. There's just one lump of dough, but we let it organically grow. We've never acquired anybody. We don't buy other banks. That's not who we are. So I know I'm a country girl. You're laughing at me. I, no, I, I love it. I'm actually sitting here thinking I'm, I, I'm kind of mad at myself. I've never thought of that analogy as much as I like to eat Bojangles biscuits. Most people don't understand that we don't acquire. Like people don't think yeah. about acquiring businesses. So I was right. like, well, we just got one biscuit. It gets bigger. We don't get other No, biscuits. I think that, I, I love that. I really, I've never heard that before. That is really good. I like that. I like that it's, you know, it, speaking, speaking to what you were saying, talking about the faith base, I mean, it, it makes the, those core values mm -hmm. when, when you, whatever that faith may be, when, when, when you are intentional about it, you're not cramming it down, you know, right. but at the same time, when, when somebody who. I believe that we we do our, our faith guides our our morals and our ethics whatever whatever that might be, but when you then start talking about core values, yes. you mean what you say. That's that right. becomes more than just a jingle. That becomes more than just something that we picked up in a seminar. Like oh, we got to have some core values, or we got to have a mission statement. Now this is who I'm about. Yeah. You know this is this, and I um, I, I like that because it building to the to this topic tying it back to the core values, then that means that the management is being guided by uh, their core values personally as well as professionally, yes. and therefore they mean it. And, and, so it is, and I think that's awesome. It's back to that. I so agree with you. It's about the little things, the little mm -hmm. hinges that swing big doors open. Mm -hmm. So literally, um, our, our, we have a, our founder of the bank. It's 18 years old. Fastest, one of the fastest growing stocks in the Southeast. We're NASDAQ traded SFST. Awesome. Uh, so he's pretty passionate about this culture that we've created. Mm -hmm. And so uh, one day we had, we have beautiful offices, the only four that we have, we keep them nice. He came into work one day and there are leaves all over the front mat. He is fired up. He goes in, finds a leaf blower, and at 8.15 in the morning, he is blowing leaves off the mat. And then he had a few words to say to our lenders and said, you got here before I did, why didn't you do this? So now we have this culture of if, if if the whoever does our upkeep on the grounds doesn't clean it, if we get there, somebody gets the leaf blower out, which is kind of interesting. Yeah. No lie, two weeks ago I had a client that opened up a large account with the bank, and our employees talking to him, and they said, mm -hmm. "Well, why'd you choose Southern First? And she said, "You're not going to believe this. I heard about your bank. I heard it was pretty unique. I thought I'd check it out. wasn't sure I was going to open an account. Just wanted to come by, and I saw this guy in a suit blowing leaves, and I thought, huh, that's the kind of bank I want to bank with." You gotta blow leaves. I don't know. Byron, nobody told me that. <laughs> uh, 
uh, you know what? We're gonna, that, that's a new class. We've had air conditioning issues, so we're going to have an HVAC <laughs> class at Baird, and then we're going to have yard maintenance, uh, commercial yeah, real estate, uh, uh, landscape maintenance. No, yeah, I, I think, but that speaks to the culture. That speaks to uh, right. um, that, that that speaks to the core values. And I, I, as you were telling that story, I was thinking of uh, some some bankers and some banks that I've heard were similar similar situations that um, that they, that I've heard. I, I heard. One, I, I'm the kind of individual where, where I was banking. You know, farmers don't cut their own yard. That's true. They, they're, they, they're doing it all day. They, they're in, in a the yard field. making stuff grow. <laughs> they're they're in a field making stuff grow all day to come back and encourage more things to grow. No, I, I get it. But I had somebody. I, but I cut my own yard because I a I'm not a farmer and b I, I'm not gonna pay somebody something that uh, I'm just cheap. I don't blame <laughs> I am too. I do my own grass. Yeah, I I, grass. <laughs> but you know, somebody. I had somebody come by and say, you know, hey, you're a I've never seen a banker cut grass before, and I'm thinking, why, why not? Why would you? And I just I remember thinking that we get, and you were saying, you know, I heard your bank was unique because your bank does things in the common sense way. So often we get into this mm. bankers get into this idea mm. of oh, I'm not going to blow the leaves. I'm a lender. <laughs> I'm not going to blow the leaves off. I I, I lend money. And you know and. and it's just the little things like that, and I, I, you know, having humility. And there, there's an ethics lesson, there's a theology lesson here too. But the humility and all that that, that we, we need to have, it makes so much sense in life and in business too. That I think we forget, we walk away from, and forget so often. You, oh, you are so spot on. And so this is interesting. When we host these luncheons, we'll mm-hmm. invite people to come to, just to get to know us. We'll serve them lunch, and our CEO will usually host it mm-hmm. or one of the executive leaders, and. Here's what we say every time. There's, a, there's some bankers in the room here today, and guess what? We all do the same thing. We're here to help you with your financial needs. Mm-hmm. Forget the fact that he's the CEO and founder, that I'm the head of retail, that the person next to me is over IT. People don't care. What they care about is, I have a banking need, you're a bank, can you help me? They don't need to know what area of the bank I'm in. Mm-hmm. They just know I'm a banker. Mm-hmm. And if we can get away from these silos and uh, just say, I got you. Don't, right. If I don't know it, child, I know somebody in my office will. Exactly. And we will get right back to you or I'll get you the answer in five minutes. And if we if we could be that simple and direct, mm-hmm. we can solve problems faster. Well, and I, had that, I did a podcast on this not too long ago that the uh, the idea of universal banker and, yes. and, and too many... and. and we're, we're finally coming to terms with what our customers, especially in smaller communities, mm-hmm. already know that their teller or their CSR or their they they are the bank. Yeah, I, I can't tell you how many debit card requests I had to turn over because I didn't have the God forbid a loan officer having access to the debit card software because <laughs> that will just blow up the bank. For the listeners, he's looking offended right now. Yeah, horribly <laughs> offended. Uh, but, but I mean, uh, th- these kind of things that it was it was never Byron is. XYZ bank. So I give Byron my check order and, you know, tell us, they would tell their wife or their kid, you know, if you need to make a deposit, go see Byron. I hadn't processed a teller transaction in 20 years. Thankfully, as many head head tellers are saying right now, um, (laughs) but that, you know, Byron, can you drop this in? What am I going to say? No, you need to go stand in line. Mm -hmm. No, I got you. So I'll take care of it. And that's why I wanted my my bankers to operate, but we've forgotten that. Yes. And we're coming back to it as the new trendy universal banker topic. No, that's right. banking. <laughs> yeah, it just reminded us of where we should have been. It should have been at the very at the very beginning. So yeah, as you could, y'all could probably the listeners could probably tell we are on some soapboxes on top of soapboxes from both of us. 
I'm having more fun than we probably should on a back in podcast. Um, what do you, what do you see? What have you seen in your career? Like, is this culture culture building sustainable? What are some ways? What are some things to look out for as, as, as bankers are implementing this that hindered that growth? Where do we get in our own way? Uh, great question. And I think we get in our own way when we are afraid to empower people. Mm. So, and it's as simple as, and I'll use myself as an example. So I, I joined Southern First about three years ago mm-hmm. and we had just changed our, our platform of the core. So I'm learning, everybody's learning all at the same time, but we had to know, you had to also know what the last core was. I didn't <laughs> know. And so, I'm a brand new, le- I'm the boss, oh, right? Yeah. The B-O-S-S boss. And I don't know. In the know. middle of a core change? Yeah, a core oh, change. wow. And I don't know the answers. <laughs> and there's two things I can do. I can be stupid and wait and spend an hour and a half to try to figure out the answer. Right. Or go to an expert and say, you know what? I know you're the expert. Walk me through how this works. Mm-hmm. And so I finally, the first time, I'll admit, I went the hour trying to figure it out myself. Right. Because I think I'm smart enough. And then I realized I'm insulting my team. And I went to the person who probably knew the answer, and I said, listen, I, I don't, I'm new, and I don't know. I understand you're the expert. Will you tell me? And she lit up like a candle and said, I would love to. So we as leaders have got to get out of the way and let other people take ownership. Mm-hmm. Culture is empowering the person closest to the client, mm-hmm. especially as leaders. Let them know, I got your back, make a decision, and then let's talk about it and I'll learn and maybe there's some rules we need to change in the bank so you can do this more often without asking or maybe I wouldn't have given what you gave but let's talk about how to think about it next time in the future instead of thinking we always have to have the answer and so I'm starting to teach that to our team if you're the manager or the boss in a market or an office or a team doesn't mean you have to have all the answers it just means you need to have the dialogue and find the right answer and I think we we're expected to be like I don't know all omniscient oh yeah I really like what you said there about um, not wanting to. We, we, we've joked about some of the exaggerative instances of, of bad leadership, and I, I have. I, I'm under the impression most managers are not right. really bad yeah. at hearted people. It's just funny to talk about really bad examples, but we don't want to insult our team. Right. That there's the the road to a bad culture, to paraphrase a cliche, the road to a bad culture is paved with good intentions. I don't want to insult anybody or I don't want them to, well I don't want them to think bad about me or I don't, I don't, this is a really easy question in a, in a, I ought to know how to find a balance in a new core system. I don't uh-huh. want to insult, insult them by asking them to quote, do my job. Um, I think that's a, mm. a deal, not a deal, I think that is a, a, a culture killer there. That I've seen, I've seen around with bankers that I've talked to. It's people generally tend to be know the right answer, but they don't want to step on other people's toes or something. I, I, mm. We get out of our way. We 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 try to be humble. We try to do that sort of thing. But we, at the end of the day, good intentions will still kill that culture. And that is so powerful. If you just take a step level higher. This whole week, we're talking about how our industry is changing, right. and we can't make incremental change. We have to be. We have to leapfrog into mm-hmm. where, how people want to interact with their money. Mm-hmm. The same thing is true in our banking business or any other business. So if we teach them to think like leaders, mm-hmm. I don't have to tell them anything. Mm-hmm. We just start identifying the top 10 problems clients are telling us about, mm-hmm. and then we together solve what those are because we're listening to the clients and I'm listening to the people that are working with the clients. Right. And if we keep thinking as leaders, we, we have to know everything 
that's what kills culture. It's what kills ideas, suggestions, and thinking. I mean, I think I won't know the fastest way to count down your drawer because I haven't run a teller drawer in a couple days. Mm-hmm. Let's just say a couple years. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe a decade. So, but, but someone who does it every day does. Yeah. Why are we stifling their ability to bring up suggestions mm-hmm. and why we put that pressure on ourselves to be the ones that, that come up with that perfection <laughs> yeah. perfection is our worst enemy it is why it are is. we trying to be the perfect the perfect banker that can do everything trust me there are there are teller supervisors at a former bank that don't want me near a vault yeah. <laughs> right <Me too>. now <laughs> why on earth should i and not that i have and again just making an exaggerative point for comedy's sake but we still want to put that pressure on us to be perfect because we're the manager, we're the leader. And it's not necessarily, that's not a bad intention, but we're beating ourselves up. Right. And it's still killing the culture in the same way that if we were a, 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 a high Machiavellian type coming in there. It's the yes. same result. Yes. It's the same result. And that, then we lose their hearts. Right? Exactly. Because we don't trust them or they feel like we don't trust them because we're not asking. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Well, I could go on for a while, Trish. That was that was a great episode. Um, any any final thoughts on culture? Any? I would just say, first of all, thank you for even bringing it up because oh, what no. a perfect topic <laughs> for us to talk about. And and as leaders and all those who are listening to the podcast, I challenge you to challenge your team. If you had to give a thirty second commercial about your culture, what would it be? Mm. And pick two or three analogies. I used one, use brands or um, experiences people are familiar with. Maybe Disney is one that you choose. And ask them to tell you in 30 seconds, what is your culture? Give me one or two analogies. And that's a way to start a great conversation. I think so. And, you know, Bojangles Biscuits can do a great job. It's making me hungry right now. I know, I'm telling you. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Trish, thanks thanks a lot. And, again, really appreciate it. Um, Great conversation on culture and, uh, you know, Keep doing, keep fighting the good fight out there for us. Happy to, and it's great to be a part of their school banking. Thank you. That's our episode for today. We appreciate you spending some time with us. If you haven't already, please feel free to subscribe to our podcast and follow us at Barrett Banking on Twitter or Barrett School of Banking on Facebook and LinkedIn. We have an ever-growing slate of classes, seminars, and webinars that are available. We also have our industry-leading Graduate School of Banking held every May, and we look forward to seeing you at any or all of our events. For more information, check out our website at barrett.ws. And from Memphis, the heart of banking, blues, and barbecue, we'll see y'all next time on Main Street Banking.